Hello, everyone. Art Tomasetti back with you. It's November of 2020, and we are back with another episode of the Flight Test Safety Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening, and thank you to the folks who have provided us feedback over the past several weeks. We want to hear what you think, and we want to know what you would like to hear about. For this month's focus topic, we are going back to school. I don't grab your lunch boxes and your backpacks just yet. The school we're going back to is the United States Naval Test Pod School for a talk with the commanding officer, Lieutenant Colonel Rory Field. Today, we welcome to the podcast Lieutenant Colonel Rory Feely, call sign Pikey, the commanding officer of the United States Naval Test Pilot School of Patuxent River. Pikey, thanks for joining us today. And I wonder if you could start out by just giving us a little bit of an overview of the Navy Test Pilot School and what it is you all do. Absolutely. Well, good morning, Turbo, and thanks for having me. Yes, United States Naval Test Pilot School, this is a fantastic institution. And a lot of the information about it is publicly available, and it's got a, you know an illustrious history, as we would say, in the military service. First formed in in 1945, for a need to bridge the technical to the tactical is the real underlying premise here. So even back post World War II, we were developing aircraft, but nobody was translating the engineering information into what an operator or a pilot needs terms of the capabilities of the airframe, and that was the genesis for the school. It has come a long, long way since then. So to give you an idea of what that is, we operate three different curricula, a fixed-wing heavy curricula, a rotary-wing heavy curricula, and then an uh, airborne and unmanned systems uh, curriculum. And on average, we put about 72 flight test professionals through the course every year. The course is about 11 months in residence with about two and a half months of pre-arrival training. Everybody that attends Naval Test Pilot School will fly an entire range of aircraft from helicopters to supersonic jets to flying unmanned systems. And really our purpose then is to take high quality aviation talent from the fleets from all services, Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force, sometimes Coast Guard, as well as foreign partners, and also engineering talent out of the DOD workforce and train them in this flight test profession discipline. I know U.S. Navy Test Pilot School counts their classes numerically, and I was class 112, and I'm almost a little afraid to ask, but what class are you on right now? Well, here's what I'll say about the classes and the numerical process. I hear class 112 was the second best class ever behind <laughs> class one. And the uh, current class right now is on deck. We have class 158 and class 159, and class 160 has already start, started checking in. Wow. So for, for your listeners, there is a little bit of uh, class rivalry, and, and it really kind of uh, underpins the fantastic networking culture that flight test professionals have here. We all recognize when we went through the course by our class number, and uh, it's one of the first things that fellow testers do when they introduce themselves is let each other know which class they were in. And I, I like foot stomping it with class 131 was the best ever. But I'm sure you would argue that very well with me. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on. You know, one of the questions I've been asking a lot of people is uh, 2020 has definitely been a year of challenges on, on a lot of different fronts. Talk to me about uh, what it's been like for operating the schoolhouse in, environment. Yeah, that is a good question. 
here, you know, operating United States Naval Test Pilot School is a challenge in of itself, and then uh, addition of the coronavirus pandemic on top of it uh, has definitely made things yeah, difficult. At the same time, I have a fantastic team. Their entire career and purpose in supporting the United States Navy and the Department of Defense has been to look at challenges and figure out solutions. That's what they do. They are solution seekers. So how do we, you know, on the practical side, how do we get into this? We set some vision for the schools, like what do we want, right, to, to work through this operating environment of flying aircraft, educating, you know, seasoned aviators, and still dealing with the environment of the coronavirus. Two real principles that we put in place is health and welfare of the workforce and mission execution. And those are no secret. Those are, you know, minor twists to what military always done, has done. I think the big thing that we emphasized in there is it's a do one while doing the other. You can't segregate them. They're not to be looked at separately. You have to do both at the same time. And that's how we laid out the challenge. And then we looked to the leadership at all levels across the organization. And we have them because it's a, it's a large enough organization for the solutions to come back. My personal leadership style is to drive the authority to make decisions to where the information lies. Right? So I want to push that decision-making ability down low. And, and my answer to the entire team was, like, as long as we're healthy, we will keep flying aircraft and keep executing our course. Those are the things that we can control. Like, I can control course execution, and I can control aircraft going into the air. You know, and I say I, really, the team does all of that. And we have to do that and stay healthy. So from a practical perspective, in a week's time, we transition to everybody to online classes using, you know, an internet platform. And there were some, a lot of goods that came out of that, and then some not so goods as well. Per the, per the CDC guidelines, we tried to enact as much of that as possible. And where we couldn't, we just accepted uh, those challenges. Because as you know, when you sit in an aircraft, you're sitting, you know, 18 to 24 inches apart from somebody else. At the same time, we have a very good knowledge of the background and, you know, daily goings-on of our people, and we just explained it to them, and, and really they rose to the challenge and made everything happen. From, a, from an execution perspective, TPS really considered or really continued executing at roughly the same rate, maybe anywhere from uh, 85 to 100 percent of our normal rate of execution. Really, the, the big setbacks were in some of the external support that we would normally rely on and we had to, that, that support disappeared as the, the pandemic created problems in other areas of the country and we had to onboard that. So actually our workload went up and, uh, and the team figured out solutions to that too. In, in the areas that we were left over with, you know, that we look at from a, a risk-based perspective and that's what testers are trained to do is to look at the risk and, and figure out if there's a way to burn that risk down to lower levels or then discuss whether or not it is acceptable to take that risk on board. And you know, we've got a, a, a building full of people that have been operating that way in aviation their entire career. So this was, from a, from a challenge perspective, not that different. And as you know yourself, if you ignore the risks in aviation, it can be significantly punishing. So there at Pax River, you're co-located with Naval Air Systems Command, or NAVAIR, so you get to see what's happening today in the world of flight tests, and you also get a little bit of a hint of what may be coming tomorrow.
And you have the responsibility to train the flight test professionals to deal with the things that are happening today and also to be able to deal with the things that are happening tomorrow. So how do you go about doing that? Yes, yes, that's a very good question. And I tend to look at it from a business perspective and a customer relationship management perspective. So today's flight test is the customer relationship management side. We push flight test professionals out to test squadron, and when they get to a test squadron, they're going to work a defense acquisition program. And they'll go through and they'll support the flight test team, do all of the planning to go do the today's work that is acquiring you know, combat capability for the U.S. Armed Forces. On the tomorrow's work, I really look towards my staff and, to a certain extent, the graduates of the school by creating partnerships, you know, collaborating across government boundaries, and then conducting early stage research, which TPS does quite a bit of, or quite a bit uh, for industry and other areas of government. And, and that part of the government has been taking off. Uh, quite a lot here recently. You'll have programs like Agility Prime, which is an Air Force collaborative program between the Air Force and industry on electric vehicles. United States Naval Test Pilot School has in the past and continues to have collaborative agreements with the Office of Naval Research. Um, we also collaborate with, I guess, uh, for research with our staff members that do early stage research on various rotorcraft programs, fixed wing programs, and programs such as future vertical lift. And we do that in varying degrees, and, and sometimes we'll just do the research for other people, or sometimes they'll come to us uh, with challenges going, how would you adopt this? So that the Army has future vertical lift, and last year, United States Naval Test Pilot School conducted an actual flight test uh, event using surrogates for future vertical lift programs using an H-72, H-60, and a T-6 to kind of map out the envelope for things like energy management and specification design of a, a future vertical lift platform that hasn't yet been designed so that we can, when we get to those stages of going through and evaluating them and providing feedback to the uh, equipment manufacturers and, and the companies that build these aircraft, that we will have looked into it sufficiently well that we'll be able to provide meaningful feedback and say, hey, this is why this needs to change or this is what's really good. So, and that, I generally keep that a lot at the staff level. One of the reasons we keep that at the staff level is workforce development opportunities. So you know, we have a, a curriculum, which is often no different than a postgraduate level uh, university curriculum. And at the same time, I have PhD and you know, masters and just subject matter experts on staff here, and I need to keep them engaged in what's coming, and this is one way to do that. Excellent. So, so let me let me just do a one follow-on to that. You know, as we you mentioned electric vehicles as one of the things that we see, uh, you know, already emerging today, and we know there's going to be a lot more work in that field in the future. But other things like machine learning, autonomy, uh, artificial intelligence, all, all coming to aviation. How do you keep the school relevant as progress like that happens around you? Yeah, that, that's a great point. And I think, again, it's, it's leveraging some of that collaboration and, and other folks that are working in areas of innovation. On, and it's doing some early stage research. 
So we don't have to do it all in-house. Sometimes it's nice to oversee it. Uh, one of our PhD staff members oversaw a research project for two engineers in the Naval Aviation Enterprise to work on an AI project, which is really path optimization for an unmanned tanker. And that has been, that early stage research proved very fruitful, has then been taken, you know, to the next level and will go on and may become part of NQ-25, uh, which will be the carrier-based, you know, aerial tanker, unmanned aerial tanker. And, and these programs are complicated and complex that it's a huge team effort, effort across the enterprise, and I think the Navy is doing a very good job at looking to its workforce for the skill sets that it already has and trying to leverage those to push forward. So there's there's quite an appetite for this collaboration across boundaries to just get stuff done, and uh, TPS is very happy to play a part of that. And so the, the intangibles that come out of that is, one, it's very satisfying for the folks that work here. I mean, everybody that comes to the United States Naval Test Pilot School wants to be here. Nobody was told they had to go. So everybody has to volunteer, and they go through a, a, uh, a rigorous screening process, both at the student level and at the staff level, and uh, they have a lot of value to add then back into the industry. And to give you examples of that, you know, many of my staff members write papers for various technical symposia, and every year we're, we win a best paper in some area of research. So it's, uh, they work very hard, and they're very good at it. All right. Uh, Pikey, I know your time is valuable, and I want to thank you for spending a little bit with us today. Uh, so, so final thoughts from your seat there at the helm of United States Naval Test Pilot School. Uh, final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, that's that's. Uh, thank you for that. I talk, yeah, you know, I, I talk in the in the tactical and the strategic, a little bit of the microscope and a little bit of the telescope. So, when I talk to my students, one of the things that I emphasize, and, and I often I, I struggle with the word student because honestly I learn more from them than they learn from me, so I feel like the student every day. Uh, I, I talk about making you know, good decisions, not perfect decisions, in the moment. And one of the big things that we emphasize in flight test is the attitude to safety. So there's really two aspects to it. There's the efficacy side, so is the flight test effective? Is it getting what we want? And then is it safe? Are we are we moving forward with a, a high-value asset in a methodical, safe approach? And my foot stomper for that, my little slogan for that is, an aircraft safe on deck is a hard fact to argue. And I tell that to my students all the time. Like, hey, make a good decision. If you're unsure about something, an aircraft safe on deck is a hard fact to argue. And then when I think about the strategic side of things, like the effect that the United States Naval Test Pilot School has had on aviation and the DOD and, you know, as you may know, over 90 of our graduates have gone on to NASA and become astronauts to include some of the greats like Alan Shepard and John Glenn. And our job at the strategic level is to defend the nation with our brain. That's kind of my strategic uh, headliner, if you will. So that's what I think uh, if at the tactical level and at the strategic level. The United States Naval Test Pilot School has has provided, and I think will continue to provide, immense value to the United States Department of Defense and to the programs that, that use our graduates uh, to carry out those missions. All right. Lieutenant Colonel Rory Fearley, Pikey, thank you again for your time. Uh, absolutely, Trevor. My pleasure. 
Our thanks to Lieutenant Colonel Feely for giving us that inside look at the U.S. Navy Test Pilot School. For this month's On the Web Spotlight, we've added some additional COVID-19 resources, as well as a link to MIT's page for systems theoretic process analysis-based support tools. And starting this month, we will begin highlighting new materials added to our resource tab in yellow, so you can quickly find those recently added items. How often have you heard the term lessons learned? But how often do we really learn those lessons? And how do we pass on those lessons to the next generation? How do we prevent the lessons from being lost? That's a lot of questions, but one thing is for sure, you will find this topic covered in this month's edition of the Flight Test Safety Fact. You will also find a recap of SETP's virtual symposium that took place in September and a paper entitled Shifting Our Paradigm on Sharing Lessons, along with one speaker's related article from a previous edition of Cockpit Magazine. In the Chairman's Corner, I share some of my thoughts on lessons learned and some of the things we are doing about them. One upcoming event to mention is the International Test Pod School will be hosting its annual flight test seminar on 11 December 2020, and the call for presentations is now open. For more information, please visit their website at www.itpscanada.com. Well, that'll wrap us for this month. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback, and we'd also like to know what you'd like to hear about in upcoming episodes. Until then, be safe, be smart, and be ready. The Flight Test Safety Podcast is sponsored by Time to Climb Training and Consulting. Motivate your team to succeed, accelerate towards your goals, and elevate to a higher level of performance. On the web at www.time2climb.com.